bless each and every one of you on this January 15th year of our Lord 2023 and what an appropriate and fitting song for this morning such an awesome God he really is such an awesome awesome God thank you very much for being here this morning I see a lot of familiar faces I see a couple new faces in the uh, in the live chat do me a favor. We've got, I don't know, a good 800 people watching this morning already. The best thing to do is to rumble early, share often. Again, that is rumble early, share often. Get those rumbles out of the way. Um, make sure that thumbs up is green. Make sure you and your family are rapture ready. And uh, let's begin this week with a bang. And that is Uh, with a title that says, God is matter of fact, folks. God is matter of fact. He tells it like it is. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about trusting in his word, his never, ever, ever, ever changing word, his consistent commands and commandments that have been proven throughout time to work. Throughout time. So we're going to be talking a lot about that today. We've got some videos to look through today. We've got some scripture and devotion to go through today. Um, I think it's fitting that we just start out the day the way God wants us to start the day out. And that's with giving him praise and worship. So good morning to all of you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer now. Ask him to bless this podcast. Ask him to bless this ministry. Ask him to bless this time of learning, this hour, this power hour of learning his word and then interpreting it the way that he wants us to interpret it. And how do we do that? We rely on the Holy Spirit and nothing but the Holy Spirit. So I know it's cold all around the country, but let's warm it up 
with a little prayer. Shall we please remove your hats if you're wearing one? And let's go to the Lord in prayer now. Lord Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so very much for being strict and matter-of-fact with us so that there's no gray area to your teaching. We live in a world of interpretation. We live in a world, a fallen world, where the flesh has gotten away from the intended message and embraced their interpretation of that intended message based on their agenda. Lord, let us go back. Let us go back to common sense. Let us go back to words meant, our words understood, and vice versa. Lord, let us go back to standards. Let us go back to your original commandments and your continued commands in our life. Lord, let us open up our ears and our eyes, our hearts and our minds to the spirit and to your message. And thank you for being a strict father who also shows a lot of mercy. Thank you for loving us when others don't. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, that last statement that I just made, thank you for loving us when others don't. This weekend, um, my middle daughter and I were talking. She was watching TV, and we were talking, and she was watching. I can't remember what she was watching. Uh, Oh, no, we were listening to music. That's what it was. We were listening to, to music, Christian music in the house. And there was a line in one of the songs um, that was talking about no matter how much we mess up, no matter how many times we betray his trust, no matter how many times we do something bad that represents him in a wrong way, he still loves us. And I was thinking about that. And I said to my, to my daughter, I said, can you think of anybody in the world who's betrayed your trust, lied to you, wronged you over and over and over again? Now, my middle daughter can say, yes, my father. That's hence why she's my stepdaughter and hence why we are going through the process of adopting her right now. So she knows. She said, yes, my father. And I started thinking about this and I and 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 kind of took the conversation in a way that said, wow, how many of us in our lives know somebody who constantly screws us over, does bad things, robs from us, steals from us, treats us like crap. We do not associate with those people on a daily basis. As a matter of fact, the closer we get to Christ, the further away from that stuff of the world and those people of the world that we once associated ourselves with. However, we do that to God every day. Maybe not every day, but we do that to God consistently and he still opens his arms to us and loves us so somebody asked me the other day jeremy you said that if anybody in the show that was you know that spread rumors about you or 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 made it difficult for the lfa family members to have a live chat so you so you banned them or whatever it was you said that you would forgive them in a second why would you because jesus would because jesus would And I started talking about that with my daughter. I said, think about what you do in the flesh as a human to people who do that to you and who are destructive in your life. But yet think about this. You do that to God every single day of your life. And he still opens the door for you. 
And I just thought that was an incredible uh, conversation that I had with my daughter that I wanted to share with you guys uh, because it's absolutely true. And I just think that's a good thing for us to remember as we get started today, as we go through every day, as we start our weeks. It's very, very important to remember that. Now, I'm not saying that you continue to be a doormat for certain people. I'm not saying that. Not at all. I'm just saying, look what God puts up with when it comes to us who call themselves child of God, children of God. And I think, just think we should remember that. Now, let me get into the title and description of today's show. God is matter of fact. I said, God is matter of fact. He is not vague in any way. There is no confusion in his commandments or his commands. Two different things. He tells it like it is with no gray area. And it reminds me of another guy that I know who people hate because he tells it like it is with no gray area. I want to open up my phone here because I have this thing saved on my phone. I've had it saved on my phone for quite some time. Stumbled across it. That's how I got today's message. And it says, God isn't vague. There is no biblical evidence of God being vague. He's straightforward And he is clear and he is precise. If you have trouble figuring out if God is speaking and leading you, perhaps you need to turn down the noise in your life so that you can know and hear his voice. See, sometimes God just doesn't reach out to you in a dramatic, miraculous, or huge way in order to get your attention. Sometimes God waits for you to turn down the music so that he can speak with you like a father should. Think about this. When you walked into your kids' rooms when they were younger and they had the music blaring, and you came in to tell them something, whether it was to do their chores whether it was get ready, we have to leave, whether it was to give them a command of any, uh, any shape or form, and you walked into that room and that music is blaring, what's the first thing that you tell them to do before you start talking? Turn down the music. Listen to me. Shut off the TV. Pause the game. Why do you tell them that? It's so that they can have, you can have their undivided attention And so that you know that they're at least listening or hearing, I guess. Whether they listen, that's another story. Whether they listen or hear, I guess those are two different things. But if you really think about it, that is the first thing that you tell your children to do is turn down the music, turn off the TV, pause the game, whatever it is. And God does the same thing with us. Sometimes he doesn't, Knock on the door really loud. He's knocking, but we ain't hearing. And we ain't hearing because things are too loud. And that is why when I say, when you pray, shut everything out. Forget about the world. Focus on the cross or focus on being at the foot of the throne in heaven. Something so massive, something so large that you can't even fathom or wrap your mind around it. That is what we need to do in order to focus on God correctly, in order to listen to God, we've got to turn down the world. And if you turn down the world and you listen to what he has to say, there is no but what if. There is no, well, maybe this is what he's saying. Maybe that is what he's saying. There's no maybe. It is clear It is precise. 
And it is calculated. The message God has for you. Now, my family and I have been, I wouldn't say struggling. Uh, We've been talking about a major family change in our life pertaining to Uh, pertaining to something that I'll get through in a later show. And the only thing that I can tell my family to do when we're having this discussion is pray on it. Let God weigh it on your heart what he suggests. Because I'm done being in control of major decisions. No major decisions are made on my part without God telling me exactly what to do. I make none of them anymore, which makes my job as a father and as a husband so much easier. Yeah, I have the earthly say-so when it's all said and done from a message that God gives to me and through consultation with my wife. But in the end, I am not the guy that has the answers. God is. So I get, I put it all on God. And I have been um, praying that That's the right move. I know it is, but I've been praying. I said, God, just let me stay relaxed in all of our major family decisions, okay? So not last night, but on Saturday night, I was getting ready to go to bed. My wife was already sleeping. It was like 1130. And you know when you lay down to go to bed at night and your mind is just racing a million miles an hour? it's It's like somebody's scrolling through something really fast and you can't stop on one thing and just focus on it. Well, that's how my mind was Saturday night. And um, I opened up my Bible app because it was dark in my room. I didn't want to turn on a light and open up my Bible. So I got my phone out, opened up my Bible app, and I said, Lord, talk to me. And I just scrolled through the books of the Bible, and I clicked on something. It happened to be Matthew. I do this a lot, by the way. I really do this a lot. And sometimes it's, you know, hit or miss. Or sometimes I don't know the message until way later on why he gave it to me. But sometimes it's immediate, which happened Saturday night. Now, just to give you a quick quick overview of what I was thinking about that night. um, A lot of, pretty much everybody in my family is hated by people, everyone we know. Now, there's a few people like Eli and Liz and uh, a couple of our other friends that are always going to be friends of, our, uh, of ours. But so many friends, so many people that we knew, all of our family, they hate our guts ever since we became Christian. And that's one reason, or that's, I guess, I guess I should say that's one way that you know that you are living the way God wants you to live. That the closer you get to Christ, the further away you get from the world. And that means the music that you listen to all of, us, all of a sudden becomes detestable. You don't want to listen to that music anymore. The movies that you watch become uninteresting and boring. And you start picking them apart from how they actually um, indoctrinate the world into thinking one way or another. And I'm not even talking about politics here. I'm just talking about thinking in general. Just the way you should approach certain situations. It's all you know, I like to call it bass backwards, right? So the further you get in your journey with Jesus, the further away from the world you should get, the further away from the things that used to comfort you, the things that you used to turn to in order to relax, in order to have peace, in order to have joy, whatever that is, you don't want those anymore. And you'll notice that people start hating you. And I mean truly hating you. Hating the fact that you have joy. Hating the fact that you get any success whatsoever. Do you know what I do when I find out that people that I know in my life are like absolutely at joy or they've had success in their career or their job or their business or anything? It truly makes me excited for them. Like I am as excited for them as I would be if it was for me and my family. That's how I look at other people's lives and their success and their happiness. But if you're a Christian, the world is going to look at you like you're better than everybody else, that you think that you are God's gift to everything and that you have all the answers. What they don't understand is that you are not God's gift to everything. God's gift to you is everything. 
They will understand that you don't think that you're better than everybody else. They will know that you know that you're not, which is why you need Jesus in the first place. So, getting to the, so what I did was, I was laying there, and I could not believe that people in my family were treating us the way they were. I could not believe that some people close to us said what they said to us over this weekend. And, that, and I just sat there, and I was free, uh, not freaking out, but I was having anxiety over it. I opened up my Bible app. I said, God, talk to me. I hit it. It went to Matthew. I said, God, show me your word. And I hit it again throughout the chapters and the verses. And do you know what it took me to? It took me to the verse in Matthew where Jesus said, they hated me long before they ever hated you. To walk with Christ means that you are an enemy of the world. You are an enemy of the world if you are a friend of God's. And when you are a friend of God's, you desire nothing of the world. Now I'm paraphrasing, but that was the message that God gave me while I was praying for him to give me an exact message with no vagueness, no gray area, tell me, Lord, what to do. And while I was feeling the anxiety of everybody hating us for doing nothing bad, but for only helping people and just spreading the gospel, God said, relax, it's okay. You're doing the right thing. And in the end, everything will be just fine. Continue on the path. Continue on the path. I needed that. There was nothing vague about that message. There was nothing vague about God answering that prayer. He was matter of fact. He came and he told me exactly what I needed to do and that I was doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. And I got to tell you this. I fell right to sleep and I haven't slept that good in weeks. Regardless of, you know, the, the natural supplements that we're taking and the, and, the, and the CBD and things like that, I have not slept that good in weeks. God instantly answered something that I needed answered within seconds. That's how he works. Now, I'm going to open something up and I'm going to read something for you, Okay. The reason why God can be trusted is because he's straightforward. The reason why God, Jesus, is hated is because he is straightforward. And that straightforwardness is what we need. We need that kind of discipline in our lives. So do children. That's why children respond so well to that kind of stuff, to discipline. You ever notice that? Children that are, that, that are bad, like kids that are like, you know, could go to like, um, you know, schools for the troubled kids. When you introduce anything in their lives that is consistent and that is Discipline, they respond so well, don't they? They respond so well. So I opened up some verses here today, or not some verses. I opened up some stuff to read, and I'd like to, uh, I'd like to read about this right now. Consistency. It has been said that the only constant is change, that everything flows and nothing stands still. We look around us, and that seems to be true. Seasons change, people age, civilizations rise and fall. Is there anything truly consistent? Is there any firm truth that we can hold on to in this world that is always shifting? Yes, it's God. God himself tells us that he does not change. Malachi 3.6, and will always do what he says he will do. Numbers 23:19 Time does not affect God. He is still the same holy amazing kind of God that he was when he created the world no matter how uncertain your life looks. No matter who hates you, no matter who is against you, you can trust in God's constant love and faithfulness because if God be for you then who can be against you? 
He has always been there and he always will be. No matter how much you abuse him, betray his trust, God remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there's a reason why God can be matter of fact. The reason why God can be matter of fact and God's words can be matter of fact is because of the consistency. You know for sure that when you go to that well, that well is going to be full. You know this. It doesn't matter how hot it is. It doesn't matter the drought that's been in the land. It doesn't, nothing matters. You know it for sure. Consistency. Doing what pleases God each time, every time, for a long time. So that's how we can be consistent. If God is consistent and we're trying to be like Christ, then we should be consistent. If God is matter of fact and we're trying to be like Christ, Eli, we got a troll in there. It's sad, isn't it, that you have to come in and say that stuff. If God, if we're going to be like Christ and he is matter of fact and he is straightforward, then we have to be straightforward and matter of fact. No beating around the bush. No, oh, I I hope I don't offend this person by answering in this way. And if you have to be If you offend somebody, but you're telling the truth and you're not doing it in a disrespectful way, it is what it is. It's not on you to feel bad about the way they react to the truth. Did you get him yet, Eli? You got him, right? Now, here's a verse for you to memorize. And it's Psalm 119, 4 through 6. Somebody wants to write this down. Psalm 119, 4 through 6. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed to compare my life with your commands. Our God never changes because he is already perfect. Have your kids and the people in your life brainstorm a list of all the words they can think of that describe God. If you have rocks in your landscape, in your yard, grab enough of them for all the words in your list. Using a black and silver permanent marker, Write one character trait of God on each rock and then put them back in your yard as a reminder that God never changes. Even when the marker fades, he is consistent. An alternative is to create a rock jar for your house. Purchase some river rocks in a glass jar, write the words you came up with on the rocks, and put them in the jar. At mealtime, grab a few rocks out of your jar and thank God for those parts of his character and that he will always stay the same. And what that will do by default in your family is to get you to adopt those same character traits the next day. And if you do this every day, there's a great way to never get away from the character traits of God that you will adopt because you are speaking them into existence, into your life. You have a standard. You know it's set. You're matter of fact on what you think. You're matter of fact on your household and you and your family will serve the Lord. You are matter of fact. There is no beating around the bush, which is exactly why the world hates Jesus and which is exactly the why the world hates Donald J. Trump. Please share this video, folks. There's no reason why we shouldn't have a couple thousand people in here with the size of our audience getting the word of God every single morning and make sure that you click that thumbs up. People that are truthful, people that are matter of fact, people that will not mince words to make you feel better will always be respected and will always, if they do it for God, leave their mark on this world as a man who worked for the Lord, period. And that's all you ever have to do. 
Jesus is the only name to remember. Nobody in the world wants to hear the, uh, the name Jeremy Harrell in 100 years. They want to hear the name Jesus Christ. Nobody should remember any of our names. The only name to remember is Jesus Christ. And once you start living your life with that, you won't be selfish in any way ever. It is priceless. There's no amount of money. There's no amount of material things. There's no amount of anything that you could ever give somebody in this world that will last like Jesus Christ. Now, I have a video here to show you that's going to blow your mind. It blew my mind. I'm going to make this a little bit bigger on the screen so you can see this. So this guy, he's asking AI, Eli, to make a priceless, or he's, he's asking what a $1,000 pancake, he's asking what a $1,000 pancake, what a million-dollar pancake, and what a billion-dollar pancake would all look like, Eli. Imagine what a $1,000 plate of pancakes would look like or a million-dollar plate of pancakes or a billion-dollar plate. Can you imagine there even being a such thing as a billion-dollar plate of pancakes? All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I need my headphones for this one. This will be an uh, eye-opener for you. Ready? Here we go. A $1 pancake. Okay. Oh, hold on. Hold no, on. like a pancake worth. Hold on, we need to we need to actually put the whole video there. Let's do it like this. Hold on, folks. We want to make we want to give you the best experience possible because the way this video was shot. All right, that'll do it. Make a one dollar pancake, okay? No, like a pancake worth one dollar. <laughs> okay. Make a ten dollar pancake. Okay, it's a $10 pancake. Those look kind of fluffy. $100 pancake. Damn, has caviar? A $1,000 pancake. Oh my god. Wait, this one looks insane. Million dollar pancake. Yo. Now a billion dollar pancake. More exaggerated. Oh my god, he's in space eating pancakes. Last one. What about a priceless pancake? Oh. I actually thought it was going to be funny, but man, this really hits at home, bro. Like, if you guys didn't know, I lost my mom in 2021. And man, I would do anything to try her cooking again, her breakfasts. Yeah, man, it really is priceless. Make a $1 pan. How many of you feel tears in your eyes? from that revelation. How many of you feel like you want to cry because of that video? It's okay, let it out. Let it out. It's what it's there for. It's to open up your eyes to show you that the things, the very blessings that God gives to you every single day those very beautiful, wonderful blessings, and all he asks for is for you to love him back and listen to his commandments. Be like him, and the most meek and available things to you are the most priceless memories and the best things about your life. Tell me you're not crying now. Show me a billion-dollar pancake, a million-dollar pancake. Show me a priceless pancake scary part about that is that AI has now developed wisdom because that that's how God would answer that that's how scary AI is getting got another video here to show you what is our relationship to sin 
Now, the reason why I'm talking about being vague and being matter-of-fact today is because for all of you out there that are doing something that you know you shouldn't be doing, but you're like, but maybe God means this. Maybe God doesn't mean that I have to stop doing X, Y, and Z. Maybe he just means that I need to look at it from a different perspective. God isn't vague. He tells you what to do. He expects you to do it. If you don't do it, then you're not listening to him. And you will not receive peace in that part of your life And it will always and consistently be a thing that keeps coming up because I know, trust me, because I'm one of them, I know that there are you out there who go, but maybe that's not what God means. It either is or it isn't. What is our relationship to sin? Share the video. Roll it. What's our relationship to sin? And have you ever asked yourself that question? Let's see what the Bible has to say about this one. In Romans 6, 10 and 11, it says, For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. My friends, the good news today is that we are free from sin, and sin no longer has power over you. Now we walk in newness of life. So now that video doesn't say we will never sin again. It says we have salvation from our sin. And once you die and you are reborn, the dead you rolled around in that sin like a pig in slop, didn't it? The you that died would make snow angels in the snow playground of sin and love it. You'd roll snow sin, uh, sin snowballs and you'd have a sinning snowball fight. You'd love it. The new you, the you that was reborn, doesn't not sin anymore. It sins a lot less for sure, but it has no desire to roll around in the pig slop sin. It has no desire to play sin snowball. It has no desire to make sinning snowfla- uh, snow angels. You don't want to revel in it. You don't want to roll in it. You don't want to bask in it. You actually feel sorry for it. You feel terrible you did it. That's how you know that you're walking with God. That's how you know that Jesus will say to you, come here, I knew you, give you a hug and bring you to heaven when you are rapture ready. Now, speaking of rapture ready, before we get to the Ray Comfort Monday video of the day, I want to tell you, Actually, I want to, I didn't save it. I wish I would have. I save everything. I don't know why I didn't. But I saw this video where this woman put a note on her fridge and that note lives there. And you know how you like kind of update your fridge with the stuff that's on it? Like whether it be pictures or schedules or grocery lists every month or so you rip everything down. Or if you're like my family, the stuff stays up there six months and then you take it down and put up new stuff that sits there for six months. Well, this family had a, um, a written note, a handwritten note, of not very long, and they put it on the fridge. And it said this, to whoever is reading this note, welcome to our home. We have been taken up in the rapture. You can enjoy our home, enjoy everything we built, enjoy the furniture, enjoy the food if there's any left, enjoy our home. Love the rest of your life. Do what you can to turn to God, but we're gone and the things of this earth no longer matter to us. God bless. And I thought, wow, that family's rapture ready, right? I mean, if you're going to leave an oil lamp burning on the side of your bed, that's it. If you're going to walk around with a t-shirt and a hat that you can get from JeremyHerald.com or LFATV.us that says rapture ready, then boy, that's the definition of rapture ready. Hello, whoever's reading this note, enjoy our home. We've been taken up in the rapture. Peace out. Hallelujah. Have a good one. Holla. (laughs) That's rapture ready, folks. These people don't don't even care. Enjoy it. I'm out. 
I got mansions waiting for me. I don't need this four-bedroom, uh, two-bathroom house anymore. If you're lucky these days, you got a four-bedroom, two-bathroom house. Pursuit of happiness, a great message. Amen. I mean, talk about rapture ready. I mean, that's, that's faith right there. That's faith in the works right there. I have a rapture box in my closet. Have an inspection that says, have an inscription that says, open this box if we disappear. That right there, Klaus D, that's rapture ready material. That's rapture ready. JV says, I'm going to do that too. I've got scripture and stories I wrote about God sitting around to be found. There you go. Leave something for the people that don't get to be so lucky, right? At least they can get, uh, at least they can get a little bit of, of, of God's word before they go. Amen. All right, folks, we got a 13-minute video of Ray Comfort. So I'm just going to get to this now so we don't waste any time. It is Comfort Monday. God bless you. Thank you for watching. Share the video if you're just joining in. Make sure you give us a rumble up. And here we in go. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's quite simple. Do you believe that? I don't. Everything that's happened is all pure chance. The passion you're giving in a belief for the foundation of, of life is immaculate, sir. I, I respect it. I love it. Oh, I, that's great. I love passion. And if it's honest passion, like the one I'm feeling from you, I'll, I'll, I'll believe it. Nathan and Jacob. They're good Bible names. Did you know that? Do you know who Nathan was in the Bible? I do not. You don't know what he did? No. He did something incredible. And your name's Jacob? Yes, sir. You know that's the Bible name? Yes, sir. I've been told many times. And he had his name changed to Israel. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> an, you don't read the Bible. I don't. So you I, don't? I've tried. It's... You've tried? I've tried. You couldn't read or something? <laughs> I can't understand it. You can't? Well, look, let me, let me start it off for you. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's quite simple. Do you believe that? I don't. You don't. So what was in the beginning? In the beginning, there was nothing. So I believe in everybody has the right to an opinion, and your God is real if your God is true, and my God is real if my God is real. Okay, let's just take that to a logical conclusion. If my God's a pink elephant floating in the sky, is that real? It is real. No, it's not. There's no pink elephant floating in the sky just because I believe in it. All right, I want to stop this real quick, and I apologize. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, have you ever thought of the coincidence that we're always talking to atheists and agnostics and non-believers? about whether God is real or not. Let me say that word again. We're always talking to atheists and agnostics about God and whether he is real or not. Thought I'd just mention that real quick. Go ahead, play. Real? It is real. No, it's not. There's no pink elephant floating in the sky just because I believe in it. Look, try that with the sun. Look at the sun and say, I believe it's made of ice and it comes out at night and it's square. No, it doesn't change reality. It's what I believe. Am I right? Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay, in the beginning was nothing. Yes, sir. How did everything come about? Now, I'm talking about flowers and birds and trees, the sun, the moon, the stars, male and female, the marvels of the human eye, puppies and kittens. How did all that come about if there was nothing? I would like to say pure chance. Everything that's happened is all pure chance. Well, describe it to me. What happened in the beginning? Absolutely nothing. Oh, so well, you have nothing if there was nothing in the beginning that created nothing. So you couldn't have creation if there was just nothing. Let me ask you guys a question. Okay. Do you believe the Bible's right when it says that we're in a state of hostility towards God? It says your mind, your natural mind, is in a state of anger towards God. Do you think that's true? My mind? Your mind? No. And what do you think, Jacob? I would think so. You think so? I would think so. I didn't have the choice to be put on this earth. And... So you're angry at God for giving you life? Yes, sir. Have you ever tried to commit suicide? To be honest, yes, sir. Uh... And what caused that? Anger. Towards who? Anything and everything I could lay eyes on. I don't understand any of this. None of this is going to make sense whether or not there is a deity or a God above us. Like this fly right here. This, like, it was pure chance that he came to us. No God, no being, no higher power told this fly, hey, come here at this time. And How do you day. know that? Huh? How do you know that? You seem very confident in your judgments. 
because everything's up to pure chance. It can't be. That's absolutely impossible. I'll tell you why. Your focusing muscles move an estimated 100,000 times a day. Just one of your eyes. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Let me explain why I talked about us being in a state of hostility towards God. Nathan, you said you're not. Yes. Ever use God's name in vain? Yeah, I guess I have. That's using God's name as a cuss word. Have you done that, Jacob? Hundreds of times, sir. Yeah. Thousands. See, do you ever, would you ever use Hitler's name as a cuss word or someone evil in history? You never have, have you? Nobody does. Only Jesus Christ and God's name is used as cuss words. And that, that exemplifies how we're in a state of anger towards God. And the reason we're angry is because he demands moral accountability. You're doing things you know are morally wrong and you know God frowns on them and you don't like God for the same reason criminals don't like the police. Am I right? Yes, that would, that would be right. This whole place is a waste of time because of death. Yeah. This life is utterly depressing. Everything ends. No matter what you achieve, no matter what kind of person you are, everyone ends in some same way. Yeah. And that's what King Solomon said in the Bible. Nathan, have you heard of King Solomon? No. He's the wisest man to ever live outside of Christ. And this is what he said. Because of death, the whole of life is like chasing the wind. It's futile, makes no sense because of that reality of death. You said everything dies, everything dies but God. Did you know that? He's eternal. Ever heard the Bible verse, the wages of sin is death? No, sir. It's very famous. It's saying that God is paying you in death for your sins. Like a judge looks at a criminal that's murdered multiple women, but he keeps saying, I'm a good person, judge. The judge says, I'm going to show you how serious your crime is. I'm giving you the death sentence. This is your wages. This is what you've earned. Guys, sin is so serious to a holy God, he's given you the death sentence. You're on death row. Your death will be evidence to you that God is deadly serious about sin. I see you nodding. Do you think God is justified to give you the death sentence for your sins? Are you that evil, or are you a good person? Everyone's evil. Everyone creates destruction in some way or form. No one is innocent. That's exactly right. We've all earned our wages. So I'm just going to confirm it to you by looking at the commandments. Are you familiar with the Ten Commandments? I have heard of them, yes, sir. You know why you've heard of them? Because they're written on your conscience. You shall not steal. You shall not lie. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. It's the work of the law written on your heart. So, how many lies have you told in your life? Plenty. Too many. Ever stolen something? No, sir. Yes. <laughs> Here's the seventh commandment. Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? Yes. Yes, sir. Sex before marriage? Yes, sir. Yes. So, Nathan, summation for you in your court case. This is for you to judge yourself. You've told me that you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, fornicating adulterer at heart. And Jacob, you've told me you're a lying, blasphemous, fornicating adulterer at heart. So you've earned your wages. So here's where we're going with this. If God judges you by the Ten Commandments on Judgment Day, you're going to be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Guilty. Heaven or hell? Hell. Neither. Well, the Bible says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. After death, the judgment. And guys, you may not be concerned that you're going to hell, but it breaks my heart. I've just met you and I love you both. I don't want you to end up in hell. The Bible says it's a terrible place. If you think death is bad enough, the fear of death, wait till you get on the other side and face the holy God. I'd rather fall on the face of the sun than to fall into the hands of the living God. The Bible says it's a fearful thing. Do you know what God did for guilty sinners so we wouldn't have to go to hell? Forgave him? No. I can't imagine. You actually do know, but because you don't understand it, you don't value it. Nathan, do you know? Give him a second chance. No. You're going to nod when I say, if you heard of this, have you heard of Jesus dying on the cross? I have the crucifixion. Almost everybody knows that. But they don't know this. And guys, if you can get a grip of this, it's going to change everything for you. So don't let anything distract you. The Ten Commandments are called the moral law. You and I broke the law. Jesus paid the fine. That's what happened on that cross. That's why he said it is finished just before he died. He was saying paid in full. Guys, if you're in court and you've got speeding fines, a judge will let you go if someone pays those fines. You say you're guilty, but someone's paid your fine, you can leave. And it's legal. He lets you go. Well, God can legally take the death sentence off you because Jesus paid the fine in his life's blood because of his death and resurrection. And all you have to do to find everlasting life and get out of the futility of this existence is repent of your sins and trust in Jesus. Do you know what repentance is? Yes. Well, you turn from sin. 
you don't play the hypocrite. If you're on a plane 10,000 feet up and you had to jump, why would you put on a parachute? To live. Yeah, you don't want to die. And your motivation is fear. And that fear is your friend. It's not your enemy. It's doing you a favor. And guys, because I love you, I've tried to put the fear of God in you today. I've tried to make you scared, make your mouth go dry a little, heart palpitate, hoping you'll see that fear as your friend, not your enemy. Because it'll make you mean business with a God that gave you life. And instead of going your own way, you'll be serious with God and say, God, I've done things I know are morally wrong. I fornicated, looked at pornography, used your holy name as a cuss word. I need your mercy. And if you repent and trust in Christ, you get everlasting life as a free gift, not because you're good, but because God is good and kind and rich in mercy. Is this making sense? It can, within time. Okay, let me try and speed it up for you. You're on the edge of eternity. You could die tonight in your sleep and you'll go to hell. Nothing to think about. This is your life we're talking about. Your precious life. It's not just your eyesight. You wouldn't sell an eye for a million dollars, would you? No, sir. Would you sell them both for a hundred million? No, sir. Wouldn't even think of it because they're so precious to you. And your eyes are merely the windows of your soul. The real you looks out those eyes. And Jesus said you'd despise your eye compared to the value of your soul. He said if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it's better to enter heaven without an eye than go to hell with both your eyes where the fire is never quenched and the worm never dies. You going to think about what we talked about? Probably. Probably. What about you, Jacob? I love lessons, and if this is a lesson, I'll take it. Well, I want you to think about my tone. Why am I talking to you with such passion? It's because I know what I'm saying is true, and I'm desperately concerned for your salvation. So I want you to go away here, not probably thinking about it, but realizing how serious this issue is. You could die in your sleep tonight. You may not get to get a sleep. You could have an aneurysm, heart attack, killed on the way home. And you don't want to lose your precious life. Even though you say this life makes you mad, you love it. You love the blue sky, the sound of music, the sound of birds, love and laughter, friends and family. All those things are gifts from God. And you've lived with your back to them and you need to turn to them and say, God, I need to change. I need you to give me a new heart. And the miracle of being born again or becoming a Christian is that God will give you a thirst for righteousness. Normally we drink in sin like water, the Bible says, and the minute God gets hold of you, you'll want to do that which is right, and that's your own personal miracle. Can I give you a book I've written called Scientific Facts in the Bible? Sure thing, sir. Do you still believe that everything came into being because of nothing, or are you beginning to rethink because of what we talked about? Your words are having influence. Well, that's great. Let me see if I can prove God's existence to you in about 30 seconds, okay? Every building has a builder. You don't have to see the builder. He could have died a hundred years ago, but you know there was a builder because buildings don't build themselves. Every painting is proof of a painter. The painter could have died 500 years ago, but you'd never be so foolish to say the painting painted itself. The painting is evidence of the painter. And when you look at the sky, that's God's painting for you. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God. The blueness of the sky, the puffiness of the clouds, the birds, flowers and the trees, all these things so beautifully and fearfully and wonderfully made. Plus, look in the mirror. You may not like what you see, but that's God's creation, giving you eyes, lungs, a brain to think with, blood in your veins, a skeleton to hold you up and skin to hold it all in. Fearfully and wonderfully made. So throw atheism out the door. Sir Isaac Newton said that atheism is so thoughtless, and it really is. It's just not thinking very deeply. So you're going to think about what we talked about? Yes, sir. I'm going to... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what I liked about those boys? Hold on real quick. What I liked about those boys is they were very polite. They were very polite. So they must have had good parents somewhere along the line. The worst part about that is that the reason why they don't know that stuff is because they never heard about that stuff. When I was talking to my sister out in Iowa, my own sister, who believes that there is a God but doesn't know what God, agnostic, did not know who Abraham was. Did not know who Elijah and Elisha were. Did not know who Jacob was. They did not know who these people were. And if you ask somebody if they know Moses, they'll go like, isn't he the guy like part of the sea or something like that? The problem with our youngsters is they just don't know it. But look what happens when they are subject to it. Look what happens when somebody reads it to them. Then they know it. Then they know it. And they know they know it because their conscience is speaking 
to them because it's God's word and you were born with it. All right, folks, I'm going to take you out the same way I brought you in with some beautiful music before Mike Crispy and Unafraid and Producer Frankie come up next here in about two minutes. I want to thank you all for watching today. God bless each and every one of you. Prayers go out to all of you who are asking. I know there's a lot of people in the chat that need prayers. I thank all of you who do massive prayer groups. God bless each and every one of you. And remember, God is real. God is matter of fact. He's straight to the point, and he's respectful. Maybe we could all learn something. Thank you, guys. Again, God bless you. And we'll see you at 11 o'clock for two hours of Live from America. Have a great morning. See you later.